I'm meteorologist Gary Lezak. Welcome to The Forecast with Gary Lezak. Bob Lyons is going to be our guest today. Who the heck is this? A nobody. (laughs) (laughs) A true nobody. Oh, he's an amazing person. We'll tell you about Bob. Bob will tell us about Bob. What about Bob? We'll tell you all about Bob here in a few minutes. But welcome to the Forecast with Gary Lezak podcast. It's sponsored by Results Personal Fitness. There you go. I just worked out. Did you? How are you yeah. feeling? Feel good? Great. I did. Thank you to David Schlossman, Results, Personal Fitness, uh, Don and Steve and Chris and everyone, all the trainers out there. Go to Results and you will get results. So uh, I, I believe it. Are you natty? I mean, yeah. you, have you ever juiced? You're not juicing. No, never. No? Never, never juiced? Okay. Never. All natural. <laughs> I just, I just had you, a wonder. He says, are you natty? I go, natty. Oh, natural. Yeah, indeed. Isn't that the, I think that's the slang that the kids use these days. I think it's a big, a big hubbub in like the Hollywood. I know. I know. I'm not going to say anything about everybody else that I see around at the gym. Oh, but I, okay. Coffee, get, get, give me a little energy, but nothing else. Just eat healthy, work out, and get your results. Results Personal Fitness is the sponsor of this segment. Outstanding. Yeah, so fantastic. Look at that. And natural Gary Lezak, naturally fit. It's yeah, beautiful. That's right. It's I sick. just always figured, I'm like, if you sit there and you go, well, there's a big snowstorm coming. I need an extra something. I know. You know, you got to um, juice up for the a, snowstorm. A, a, maybe. No, a snowstorm, that's natural. Okay. <laughs> I get I get energy. from. I can stay up all night long for a snowstorm. I have known Gary for a very long time, and I can tell you that energy is very natural. Amazing. It's it's intense. Amazing. Bob Lyons, we're going to introduce you to him. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. He's just taking over the show. Out of turn. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. By the way, you want to sponsor Results Personal Fitness is our sponsor, but if you want to sponsor it, please contact us. Sandy Cohen, Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, at A10WHB.com. Sandy at A10WHB.com, and we'll get some sponsors for this segment. That'd be so, outstanding. For this podcast. Get a sponsor, for sure. I, I was driving by... <laughs> Even what is Storage Mart? The yeah. Chiefs sponsor Storage Mart, or yeah. vice versa? Isn't that crazy? They have posters of Mahomes and Kelsey I, up I don't at know a storage how the Chiefs unit. Can afford it? I, <laughs> I don't. I just just don't Which, know. I don't know who's benefiting who. There. I don't know, but you know. So we help provide some of the weather forecasts for the Chiefs grounds team. Anyway, uh, this is exciting. It's a, it's fantastic. The Chiefs are. Have you been watching the Chiefs? Season? Of course. So how do you not? So uh, let's talk about that real quick. Oh yes, can, I would love to. I would like to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Oh, uh, right. This is just three days. This is being recorded three days before Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in practice. It's very exciting. This high ankle sprain is being way, way blown out of proportion now. Understandably, that's a scary term. Oh, thank goodness he's able to practice. It's impressive. He'll get a little bit better by Sunday. Okay. It's going to be a factor, but there was a game the Chiefs played the Tennessee Titans the first game back after we had that knee injury. Remember right. when we did the quarterback sneak? Right. And the kneecap went out of place. Oh, yeah, the dislocated patella. Yeah, yeah there that's you right. go. And the first game back was against Tennessee. Okay. And yep. in that game, Patrick Mahomes was 36 for 50 for 446 yards, and he didn't rush once. Some hot numbers. Right. And the Chiefs still lost. Okay, there's a lot more to just Patrick Mahomes. But he (laughs) played great and was focused. And I think, if anything, maybe that's what's going to come out of this injury. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I could see it. They've obviously grown this year to, you know, you had to move past a particular offense. I feel like when they sort of premiered their offense of like, ah, we – 
we long bomb it to Tyler E. Kill, and, you know, this was a very explosive offense. And then they, everybody kind of figured it out, it felt like, and so now they had to change some things. So I, I believe, well, I'll say this. This is important what you believe. Indeed. I, I say this to my dad a wait, lot. Wait, wait, we need a sound effect. Just, is there a belief sound effect? Yeah. Bob believes. Da, 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 da. Nobody ever beats the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat themselves. Ooh, okay. Okay? Every game that I've watched, I'm just like, ooh, that was a tough one. It's always because it was just a series of mistakes. Yeah. I, would, I, I never felt like, oh, that opponent was so superior and everything was so, so exquisite. It was just that, like, oh, man, they made so many mistakes. They allowed the defeat to happen. Yeah. Right? So I, I feel like from a Cincinnati perspective, I've been a little nervous because I feel like you could get in there, you know, it could be in their heads. We, we haven't had a lot of success against this franchise. But – I, I do see as long as they're, they're playing at a good, consistent level of superiority, they're not allowing themselves to make dumb mistakes. So, All right. Well, hey, look at the last game. Last game, the Chiefs didn't go to the Super Bowl, and as a result, I didn't go to the Super Bowl because right. I, I was being sent Crushed. there was to, to cover my hometown in Los Angeles. But, uh, no, the Chiefs took a 21-3 to lead. They led 21-3 to at home. And something went wrong. Yeah. Start beating yourself at that yeah. point. Yeah, I they, mean, that's the only thing that can happen. I mean, yeah. again, you, you go back and you look at these games, and you, there's no, it's not like, oh, my gosh, it was such a blowout. They were, just, they were so good. Their right. game plan was so much better. It was just that turnovers happen, penalties accrue. You know, right. mistakes get made. Now, Joe Burrow is looking very good. He's looking... He's I mean, good. He's good. He's really good. Short so yeah. you need to get to him. Chris Jones has not had one sack in the playoffs ever. Did you know that stat? I did not know that. That's fif- a wild fact. 15 and a half sacks this year. And I don't know how many huh. Chiefs playoff games he's played in. 11, 12, 13, whatever it is. I know it's more than 10 games now in the playoffs. He does not have one sack yet. Do you think, is there something to be said about, okay, the playoffs are towards the end of the season. Is it possible? It's just like it's been a long season. and No. It's harder to, do you, I mean, you should be crescendoing into the I think playoffs, it's Chris right? Jones. I heard somebody else talk about this, and I agree with this take. I think he presses a little too much. He puts too much pressure oh, on himself. Oh, that's okay, interesting. He is double teamed a lot. He did play great in the Super Bowl sure. against uh, the 49ers a few years ago. He didn't get a sack, but he did knock down a few very, very important passes. And if he's double-teamed, then Frank Clark is single-teamed, and he can go in and get those sacks. Sure, yeah. Uh, Frank Clark has the fourth most sacks of anybody ever in NFL history in That's postseason. A beautiful stat. So, and he doesn't do as well during the regular season. So we'll take that, but the, we need to get to Burrow a few times. Oh, for sure. I mean, so. this is being int- – I mean, the line's the line. It's always on the line. So what's your prediction for the game? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I've never been one to – well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll just get – we'll get nuts. We'll go – I, I don't – well, defensively, I wonder what's going to happen. We'll say Chiefs 21, Bengals 15. You think that low scoring? I think it'll be a defensive battle to a certain wow. degree, yeah. I mean, wow. we have offensive powerhouses. It's but going I think, to be cold. I mean, yeah, let's precisely. go over the weather conditions for the game. Somewhere in the teens to near 20 degrees at kickoff, there will be a breeze. Outside of tailgating, it'll be really cold, so wear lots of layers. If you layer up, I mean, we're talking this is one layer. Wear a sweater, a jacket, another jacket over the top of that, maybe a shirt underneath. Five or six layers, you're going to be warmer out there, and so we need you to be very loud. But tailgating will be colder than inside the stadium. Down on the field, if it's an 18-mile-per-hour breeze on top, you'll see those flags moving, okay, and it might inf- affect kicks. 
But for the passing game and for the fans, the winds won't be as strong, but still okay. a breeze. There's going to be a wind chill factor of about five degrees or zero. So it's just cold, no precipitation. Right. Well, we'll look at oh, the... Oh, <laughs> wait, what just happened? <laughs> when it went... <laughs> what just happened? There's a slim chance. Okay. So when, it's, right. when it is... Below 32 degrees, it's very easy for it to snow. Ah, the sure. atmosphere saturates real easy. Right now, I'll have to look at the latest data, but probably not. Okay, I'm not going to say 100% for sure. No okay, so. I can respect that. But a dry field is beneficial to the Chiefs. The defense can get to Burrow a little bit faster. I'm going to predict a higher scoring game. I just, I think. All right, hit me. I hope it's a shootout. I think the Chiefs win 35 to 30. Oh, and that's because it's 35 to 22, and and. Cincinnati comes out 35-23. They come back and they get a touchdown in scrappy time at the end. Oh, I got you. They try an onside kick and the Chiefs get it and the Chiefs win 35-30. I mean, I I hope you're right. I mean, that sounds entertaining. You want a high-flying offensive battle. That would be great. The cold weather might be a factor there, though. Yeah, that is a very fair point. All right. So, anyway, so there you go. Uh, Bob. A nobody's uh, prediction on the game. Bob Bob (laughs) the nobody. (laughs) They just made a great prediction. 21-15. The Chiefs win and I'm 35-30. We're both about five, six points. I like the sound of yours better, though. so who is Bob Lyons? Bob and I have worked together. Uh, Weather 2020 is our company. And I met Bob about, what, eight, nine years ago? Yeah, we're looking at some Do you remember when, when, when we met? Oh, I remember distinctly. What? Oh, yeah. What, do, do you? Do you no, not? No, I, I, I vaguely remember. I, I remember seeing a whole sea team of, of you faces. Guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll tell the brief tale. Um, though, in those years, I had a company with some friends. And we were doing business with um, a colleague, good old Toby, uh, Toby Tobin. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing a Toby. Oh, yeah. Tobin. Yeah. yeah. That Toby was how it Tobin. started. Yeah. And then a mutual uh, colleague of yours and Toby's. Uh, I he, forgot that you worked with Toby. Oh, yeah. It was great. Uh, he was a hoot. And uh, so, and hi, hi, Toby, if you're still out there. Um, I'm sure you are. I, Toby, and by the way, I haven't talked to you in a while, so... Um, uh, hey, oh, you should get back on the train. Yeah, I'll get a hold of you. I'll get, we, we need to talk. Toby gave me, at, at my initial meeting, he gave me great advice about molds. At the time, I was battling moles in my yard. Moles in your yard. Yes, okay. in my, yes just in my yard. <laughs> not in an organization, nothing from an intelligence uh, perspective. But it was great. And I remember he was very funny because he's like, you and I one day will be dining on mole soup. And he just acted like he was eating a bowl of soup. And it was like, that's wow. A, that would be a vengeful act, Toby. So uh, did you have moles in your yard at the time? I was just getting destroyed by moles. Wow. Oh, it was brutal. And I mean, ultimately they won because I gave up. Wow. And then they gave up. I kind of let them have the lay of the land. And then did Toby help you? Uh, Toby did help me. He wanted to come out and do a remote at the time. Talking about like I, He specifically said, I haven't discussed moles on my show in a long time. Maybe we should do something about that. And I was like, my house is not a television-friendly <laughs> environment. I don't feel like it would have shot well. So we didn't end up doing it, but it was a, it was a nice thought. So all this is talk about Toby Tobin is how you met me? Yes. And so uh, <laughs> the fellow who was working with us with Toby was like, oh, I know Gary Lezak. He, he's been wanting to do something for a long time in, in the app game. At the time, we were sort of building apps and kind of whatever. And so, um, so I remember the original meeting. You strolled in, and we chatted, and, and you wanted to build this one particular app, and Needless to say, I think you still want to build it, and I've never done it. I know. Here it is, what, eight years later, <laughs> I mean, and that's still like a $10 million 
he's you know, he's stayed he has stayed consistent. Well, what's fair is you've stayed consistent and I've stayed consistent, right? And henceforth, there's just a I know two we've been great, great partners in business because Bob's a little pessimistic and I'm a little <laughs> optimistic. Would you agree? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's just a philosophy that I follow. I feel it's changed as I've gotten older, but I'm still pretty pessimistic. You're getting more optimistic. I would say so. Yeah, maybe the the positivity's winning. And sometimes. by the way, you really cleaned up for this today, man. I was it's looking, a podcast. I was looking rough. I I well, I've watched and I was like, man, everybody well, else looks so presentable. It is on YouTube too. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but this is the cleanest look I think I've ever seen you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Yeah. I have to be. I mean, I can be presentable. I, Did you I wash like your car? Oh no! Oh no! No, he's never no. washed his car. Okay, no. Uh, spoiler alert. Bob has never washed his car ever. It's just and it's sitting in the parking lot here, and you would never know. And that's exactly the key. Nobody would ever know. I, I I understand. There's there's things to take pride in, and I I respect people who appreciate their car and and want it to look presentable. I view it as a tool. I I do not care as long as it goes from A to B. Now I maintain my car from like an operational right. perspective, but the presentation is not important. I've never been inside your car. Well, you probably don't want to. <laughs> In all honesty, the the outside sort of reflects the inside. So, right. yeah, I wouldn't bother. Okay, so go back to that day you met me. I, 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 this is like 10 minutes just to get to that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, yes, we were we were in our office. You strolled in. Um, you were telling us about the app idea, and I, I was not particularly into it, but I remember we immediately pivoted to discussing your LRC, your atmospheric theories. And and that was where the seed was really planted, and we sort of started to discuss, all right, well, what are the possibilities here? Right. Um, how, how could we grow? The uh, a hypothesis at the time, and still considered a hypothesis just because we're scientists, it's fair. And so we really started to grow the idea of how do we explore this on a more uh, right. progressive scale, more expansive And that's what scale. we've been doing for the last eight years. We've been evolving. We have. We have. And uh, right now we're on the cusp of really becoming a significant player in the weather landscape. Would you agree? I would completely agree. I It is, it is interesting. When we very first started... It, it is kind of one of those adorable, I mean, we're not in the Silicon Valley. This is a Silicon Prairie. We were just sort of sitting, chatting about it. Uh, we happened to be at a bar at the time. Our good friend Jeff Penner is there. and We, we, were, ju- we had just gotten our first investment. Yes, indeed. So there was, there was a level of celebration because it was still very early on of like, how, how do you even begin here? And so we started discussing the, the possibility of like, okay, from a, you have to look at it from a data perspective, right? All right, so... One of the main components of everything is just like, well, where do you, where do you get the data, and then right. what do you do to project it forward? So that was sort of where, on you know, the classic cocktail napkin sort of concept of, okay, how can we make something happen? How do we right. really? And Jeff this? and Bob, Jeff Penner and Bob came over to me and said, Gary, here's what we need to do. And I said, No, it needs to be physics. You don't understand these these right. meteorological equations are really complex. And I didn't embrace what we were about to begin to do, which is really what I was doing anyway, would you say? I was sort of doing that. Oh, 100%. I know. I, yeah. I, I'm go- There's a storm. More visually. You were vis- visual right. on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I discovered the LRC, the weather pattern that's cycling above us regularly, back in the 1980s. And before Oof. me, this guy, Jerome Nemias, a very famous meteorologist back in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, Jerome Nemias led the uh, long-range forecast division of what was called the Weather Bureau at the time. And he wrote this book called The Index Cycle. And he had 
papers. He published over 200 papers. Really? I don't, yeah. I don't you didn't know this? I did not know that. Over 200 papers uh, on various topics in weather, including this index cycle. And Jerome Nemias proposed back in the 1940s that by November, there's enough information in the weather pattern that is setting up in the fall to accurately predict the next winter's weather, the, the winter that's, that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. And, and he said, hey, and for some reason... Uh, there's there's a cycle that develops and it lasts weeks at a time. So fast forward to the 1980s, 40 years later, I discovered something similar, which is really about the same thing, but we're advancing that technology that oh, Jerome Maya started. It's not just that the pattern sets up and cycles this year's cycle about seven weeks or so, last year about nine weeks, last year 64 to 65 days, the river there above us was cycling at 64 to 65 days, roughly, and it's a river, so it oscillates a little bit. But the entire 64 days repeats over and over and over again until the next September. In September, it'll fade, and in October, a brand-new, unique pattern sets up. That's my theory, an advancement of what Jerome Nemias already started in the 1940s. So this has been sitting there, a technology, and Bob... And we found this guy, Max, and we worked together to produce this incredible model For that's sure. patent pending. Absolutely, so, yeah. So when you and Jeff and I talked about it that one day, and I said, no, it needs to be physics, not only does it not need to be physics, it still will be applying the physics model sometime into the future. I've got ideas on how. There's definitely elements that can be right. incorporated. But yeah. the, the difference in meteorology, the difference in weather prediction, I believe is the LRC. We accurately predicted when and where Hurricane Ian was going to happen. It's incredible. And we yeah. go back to Hurricane Harvey from a few years ago. We predicted Hurricane Harvey and we can go back 300 days, 295 days to be exact. Before Hurricane Harvey, there was already an indication there would be a hurricane stalling near Texas. 295 days later. So from Harvey and from even before that a few years to now, we are now predicting these things. What is your experience with our prediction of these hurricanes? Well, it's kind of incredible because I, I always tell Gary I'm, I'm still the chief skeptic, right? Because I even remember, so the hurricane predictions, when you and Jeff first started talking about it, I thought, these guys are insane, right? Because we were still well, who dealing... Who can predict a hurricane, right? Right, it seemed like absolute madness. And so we were still dealing with, I had this very brutally, uh, I don't know, primal sort of beta of what we were trying to do, right? And so it was just this ridiculous, like, no JS script that scraped some data from a data source and then we you know i kind of tried to project things forward but it was very limited very slow but it was a proof of concept uh, even using that early model we were able to see like well i mean i feel like we're on to something statistically this seems it's beyond a reasonable doubt that this is just getting lucky right right and so then we we did well with that for a while and and we were able to pick up a little bit of funding here and there get people on board and then you guys started to talk about hurricane predictions I watched it sort of happen, and that first year, I still thought you guys were nuts, right? Because, right? I mean, you're putting out hurricane predictions. And, and this, this January, one you're February. talking about is, is the year, I believe it was 2017, when we had Tropical Storm Gordon and Major Hurricane Michael that year. Right. And there was an earlier one, Alberto. 
Yes. And in the previous year, there was Nate. Believe it or not, Hurricane Nate, Tropical Storm Alberto, Gordon and Michael were all related within that year's pattern and predictable. So I was at a conference, the American Meteorological Society's conference, uh, the big conference down in Austin, Texas, and I got up to the podium and I put my fist into the podium and I said, here is why there is going to be a tropical storm or hurricane within a couple days of Labor Day on September 4th or so, September 1st, um, the following uh, September. So that would be a February, March, April, May, June, July, August, a seven to eight month prediction of a tropical storm or hurricane. And 10 days before, there was no sign of it. Right, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> my critics are like, "So As much the palms for that." Sweat. You know, yeah. Wait a minute. And I wasn't sweating because I've already done this many times. I and love so, it. The so confidence. Yes. Ten days before, it's not even showing up, but all of a sudden, it started showing up, and then boom! I drew where it was going to be, and it went right over my drawing. That's wild. So there's an art and a science to what we're doing. For sure. I brought the art, but I'm a math mind, and you are a math mind, and you brought the science. And, For sure, yeah. And now we have this incredible model. Yes. So I remember, too, in the in the early days, even, you know, the way back when, just when we were first sort of discussing this, Gary would bring in, you know, like the old school overhead transparencies of like atmospheric patterns. And he would overlap them and say, like, these are X amount of days apart. Like, how do you not see it? And I had obviously looked at meteorological maps before, atmospheric maps. I was at least familiar with the concept, right? And so I, I saw the presentation there, and that was really started, what started to put the pieces together. Like, okay, this, this, I see the pattern. I do see it. Like, when you're able to take two transparencies right. and overlap them, right. and, you know, you're and able to see Dr. it. It makes Fr- sense. Dr. Fred Carr, who was the president of the American Meteorological Society a few years ago, I went, he was my freshman meteorology student, meteorology instructor. Wow. At, I was a student at the University of Oklahoma in 1980. Okay. And um, when I discovered this, I went to him. I said, how do you think I can prove this? He goes, well, why don't you show how those 500 millibar plots are actually cycling? So that's when I got those transparencies yeah. and started doing that. It was great. That was the most visual, because, you know, you can explain it all day long and, a hard thing, like, we always deal with the I told you so game. Gary and I have been, I can't even imagine, your entire career the I told you so game is, is brutal. So just in the, the amount of time that you and I have been doing this, the you know, like, no, we said this, we said this, but everybody assumes that it must have been a lucky this or a lucky that right. or, or you're just playing Monday picking. morning quarterback right. or whatever, you know, like. But so we started to get much better and more bold about these these types of predictions and saying, like, no, this this is what we're doing there, there is an explanation for it. We did this weeks, months ago. You know, this this is a legitimate forecast to that that is verifying. Right. But it's hard to do. I mean, in, in yeah. the weather game. Well, in meteorology. It's a thankless job predicting my, the future. My here. peers are out there. Now, I have a small group of peers that, are, that have learned about the LRC, and they will 100% say, oh, my gosh, this is going to change the face of meteorology, and I appreciate that, and we're going to try to do it while I'm alive, okay? <laughs> I like that idea. I'm getting yeah. older. I'm older than you. So oh, we're trying to, we're we look not, great, man. We don't want it to be in 2080. Back in 2023, Gary Lezak discovered this amazing thing that is now the new way to predict <laughs> the weather. Now, I need, we need, we're trying to do that right now. Well, and, and now is a good time, too, because this kind of – so where we're at as a company – uh, yes, we, we brought in our good friend Max, and, and we took that early 
duct taped goofy model that I had thrown together. And, and but that ironically, that was around the same time, I guess more coincidentally, of when the concept of big computing and big data really kind of started to take off, right? So that early model couldn't take advantage of the technology we have today. I know that sounds insane because that was only like six years ago, right. but it, we are in a completely new era of computing and cloud computing and cloud processing than we were even then. So when Max came in the door, we were able to then take that goofy model and, and really make it what it needed to be in terms of the, the technological Max, aspect. Max, was, Max is brilliant. And, Utterly brilliant, and yeah. He, and he listened to what was in my head and what we talked about with the patterns, and we found this geospatial radar satellite global data. Yeah. So this, this model is predicting the weather for every location of Earth. Correct. I mean, came up with a great way to we grid out the globe, um, so you have a, a global forecast gridding cell system. Right. And then from there, you know, you have to ingest, ingesting the data yeah. at that, that level, that much data at, at a quick and efficient and cost effective. Right. Cost effective is a very difficult component of this entire Exactly. And then if it saves businesses millions of dollars, we're going to give you one example here in a second. But oh, right, yeah. if it does, if it does do that, and it's beneficial. So some people are like, well, how is it going to help save lives? How is it going to help businesses? And, you know, it's just whether you can't predict it. <laughs> We've others, heard that so much. Yeah. Others can't predict it. Right. Using the LRC, it is predictable, and companies are now using it, and companies and businesses out there are just now understanding if there is an accurate source of weather information because other companies we do have some competition out there and For their sure. yeah. their data is not reliable okay well, it might be weeks off if they're not using the LRC they might predict what's going to happen for the entire month of March and have some accuracy only the LRC can predict when and where things are going to happen so for farmers then they can go week by week and know which weeks are likely going to be the wet ones, which weeks are likely going to be the dry ones. They can plan irrigation and seeding and planting and, and you know, and harvest based on that forecast. Most certainly. And it is interesting that from a competition, we do have competitors and these they're usable pieces to what they're doing, but a lot of them skew towards climatology. I mean, we the Farmer's Almanac has been around for hundred years, right? You did not say the farmers. I know. I mean, oh my goodness! Sometimes it was better than it's nothing. It's like accurate twenty-two percent right? of the time. Twenty-two percent. The RC is sixty to seventy. That is a harsh statistic. I, I believe it. I don't know. I've right. never looked into it. It's I, never right. Oh, that's too well. It's bad. right sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure statistically... It's going to snow in the next three weeks. Oh, the farmer's almanac said it was going to snow in the next three weeks. <laughs> right. Oh, boy, that was right. difficult. That's not what we do. We say there will be a tropical storm or hurricane between Miami and Daytona Beach sometime around September 5th, 6th, 7th. That is the forecast for this season, by the way. September 5th, 6th, Ooh, or 7th. Uh, this is January, so we're doing one of those predictions. Yeah, uh, here we go. The Get east, it on record. The east coast of Florida is one of the targets for that time frame. So That's outstanding. Yeah. Some critics are going, oh, okay, so you, I can do that. There's going to be a hurricane in Florida this year. Okay, but sometimes they go five years in a row without one. So right. you'd be wrong for five years in a row, so don't give me that. Right. I mean, cynicism in, in what we're doing is, I don't know, it's right. now par for the course at this right. point. They it's, don't get hit every year. Like, that, like It seems like they do. Right. So it, it is difficult. So th 
from a competitive perspective, there is climatology involved in what they're doing. Um, you have some statistical averaging. So, you know, just like we can say, right, it's winter, so it's going to be cold. Well, of course, you know, there, there's a climatological aspect to everything. Right. And so what everybody else is kind of trying to do is just get better at climatology and like changing their models to be a little more statistically relevant from a year to year basis. Now, when we're looking at particular cycles, though, we, we discuss it oftentimes as saying there's a level of elasticity, right? So the LRC is this governing pattern. And then within that, you have these other kind of elements that might influence. So you might have something speed up or slow down a little bit here or there. But the pattern is still the pattern. Right. You have influences beneath it, but there is still the, the, the overarching There's pattern. a lot of influences on the LRC. And For sure. Even this week while we're recording this podcast, there's an Arctic blast coming down for the Chiefs game. It's a little bit weaker than it was looking a few days ago. Sure. Be, and it, that little bit of weak, weakness is likely, and it's not quite as cold, is likely because the Arctic Oscillation, one of those influences, is actually going into positive territory right now. Oh, really? If it was dipping negative, it might have been a stronger cold blast. So those influences affect how cold or warm it might be, but it doesn't necessarily affect when and where there's going to be a storm. The LRC is still the biggest piece of the puzzle. Right. So, I mean, and those are, that's still a lot of what we have, I would say, left to do in improving our model. Um it's hard. Computationally, how do you encompass the Arctic Oscillation? Right. So, so the idea number one is like, all right, so you have to, you need to be able to ingest that data. You have to be able to take that data in automatically. You need to be able to incorporate it into your model and then, and then spit it out and then know how that influences. And so, I mean, that, that's a, a big element. The data collection is, Here, is we're just thinking, now getting... Yeah, oh, you were, <laughs> We're thinking out loud right now right, how yeah. our model is going to evolve. I agree. Yeah. I mean, understanding the Arctic Oscillation, the North Atlantic Oscillation... The LRC itself, um, ENZO, which is the El Nino Southern yeah. Oscillation Index. Right now, we've been in a La Nina. It's finally weakening just a little bit. It might be good news for farmers, all right? And you can go to weather2020.substack.com if you want to learn a lot more about this. It's $300 a year. It's weather2020.substack. Great plug. .com. I thought it's the, Why aren't we sponsoring this podcast? Can we well, do we that? We are sponsoring it. We are? All right, that's yeah. great. I'll say, is this some sort of tax scheme? I don't Do we need to think about that? So, but uh, but anyway, go in there, join, and, and you can ask questions. Give, give us your county, or if you're uh, in Barcelona, Spain, we'll give you a forecast there, too. Uh, so it's a global model. Beautiful, yeah. But, uh, but companies are now using this, but those other ingredients you talk about, the AO, the, N the NAO, the ENZO, and uh, MJO, and other indexes, when we incorporate that into the model, the LRC model will only get smarter and better and better in the next few years. But right now, Absolutely. it's already being used by businesses. Oh, all right the time. Now. Yeah. So we have companies, a growing number of businesses that are taking our data, and they're saying it's influencing their business by Three to seven percent. Okay, if it's a five billion dollar business and one of them came to us and we're working possibly with them as a customer, that's a one hundred and fifty million dollar minimum impact on their business using our weather data. So, what should they pay us if they're making one hundred fifty? Impressive impact. Yeah, I know. right. They have to pay us something. It's it, it is good news too, though. I mean. We've watched the evolution of the opinion of what we're doing and accomplishing. Uh, we've seen it change considerably even over the last five some odd years right. because I, I feel like the ice is sort of thawing on like you can't do that. And again, I, I really feel like it's just because there's an overarching 
belief now in computer science and big data and you have different types of modeling and, and machine learning and artificial intelligences. So just from like the, the social stigma of like, ah, you can't do that. That's kind of thawing. So now right. we are getting a, a, a good influx of interest, way more than I think we ever would have even considered yeah. just five years ago. Yeah, five years ago, we might not get much at all. And, so. and if we did, it was always met with a very skeptical, like, I don't know, I don't know. But now we have people saying like, I, I right. believe in your capacity to right. do this. Please tell me about it. Right. So it has been a very, very nice shift in like the, the public perception of, yeah. of, of us and what we're doing and what is possible and the concept of just And let us know what you think. You know, go, go, to, go to the podcast on, on YouTube. You can For post sure. comments. Uh, let us know what you think. In, in Kansas City, I know there's a huge population out here that they, they actually try to use the LRC. They have followed us Definitely. for 18, 20 years now in the, in the KSHB blog before this. And so, uh, you know, it's exciting. We get some very complimentary and impressive inquiries, I would say. People saying, like, I've been following Gary for years, and, and I, I've been watching the LRC, and I make notes when he makes predictions, and then when they verify, I get very excited. So, uh, you know, tell me, how can I use it? How can I take advantage right. of it? So, and that's, But monetizing it right. is difficult. <laughs> and what is your perspective? I'm going to just bring this one topic up. Uh, we are creating something that really hasn't exist existed. Right. It is literally an innovation, uh, the discovery of the LRC, and from Jerome Nemias to what I have figured out over these last 35, 40 years to now. But we are developing these products that are are innovative and and useful and. Yes, if you know a hurricane or a thunderstorm is a severe thunderstorm is heading towards you 50 days before, how does that help? It can help. I will give you examples on how I believe when we had the duck boat accident down in Table Rock Lake and 17 people drowned. Right. That that year was about a 58 to 59 day cycle, I think it was. Every 58 days, there was a severe thunderstorm that came down through Table Rock Lake. So that July 17th to 20th time frame would have been marked off on a calendar, and maybe the duck boat companies would have said, oops, let's not send out the duck boats when if there's a thunderstorm coming on these days because it's a different breed of right. thunderstorm. It was not a normal summer thunderstorm, and then maybe we could save lives there. And then advance warning for hurricanes absolutely will be saving lives. Almost certainly. A lot of this is, too, it's just it's preparation, it's risk mitigation. And, and I understand, we, you know, I think we're years off from, me, from being able to say, like, so if we look at that duck boat situation, you step back and you say, okay, but those individuals, they're in business to make money, they need to give rides, and, and yada, yada, yada. So, like, I don't know, maybe another industry needs to pop up, and you need to say, all right, you need, you need to pay them not to, to take the risk of taking people out that day. Right. And so you need to be able to build a model that says, all right, well, here's a reinsurance risk, and saying, like, okay, the risk just isn't worth it. There's a potential for danger. There's people's lives are going to be at risk if you try to do this. And but I understand you're a business and need to make money. So as we're sort of developing, I don't know, from a societal perspective, the idea that okay, we can change the way that we do things. We know there's still an economy based on like on the weather, right? right. And and things are always being affected. But if we can do a better job of predicting those things, the economy around that can adjust to where it's not like I, you know. I don't care. I'm going to climb that antenna today because I need the paycheck. Right. Well, don't do it because you might get hit by lightning. So we need to we need to make yeah. sure that and th you that don't need could, to take that risk. That can happen with any thunderstorm, but the LRC could hit, provide a calendar that could really help these companies. Absolutely. Now, back to one of your earlier subjects, and then we'll wrap this up. I want to talk about 
um, that event planner, the, oh, the app. Okay, right. Okay, and uh, it, it, for you out there, is there value? Of course there is. The bride and the bride's mother, they want to know what's going to happen um, J- June 17th, if that's the wedding date for Chicago, or or if you're going to Miami or, or Seattle. What is the forecast that day? We have a system to provide that accurate prediction weeks to months ahead of time, and it gives brides peace of mind. Is there value there? Uh, boy, I, I mean, sure, there's value there, but I, I have an innate fear of... Of uh, getting it wrong? Well, of just the, the level of backlash. Let me, ask, let's, let me ask you all. Would you want a million brides being mad at you? I mean, at any given time. But if... Okay, here's what I, I know. This is my if pessimism we're 70, If we're 70% in, right? accurate... That, right. Okay, and there's 10 million brides. Sure. That means 7 million are going to go, wow, they got it right. And 3 million are going to go, well, it was a six-month forecast. I, I was not sure about that one. But the majority of people would say, it is accurate. Right. But when you're dealing at scale, when this right. is something that need, you know, you're, you're trying to put it out. To okay. Like, when you're dealing with millions of people, any percentage okay, growth. Here we are. This is because I have to deal with. Here's pessimist. With, yes. Optimist. That'll, okay. There you go. There's the always felt, So this has been, I don't know. This is now the pessimist. We're going to do podcast. it. We're putting that yeah. product out there. Okay. There's a, <laughs> you, the brides need it. If you're having a honeymoon, you need it. Everyone needs this stuff. Everybody needs it. It's good information. You can use it to make decisions right. in your life. It is a good thing. Right. Just don't call me if you don't like well, it. Well, if you have a seven-day forecast on your app, the one, by the way, the 100-day forecast on the, with the LRC model is as accurate or more accurate than the seven-day forecast on your app. That's, that's right? a beautiful stat. That's incredible. I see it all the time. Yeah. So, so are you excited? I'm excited. I've been excited. I've been along for this ride for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've had ups and downs just like any business. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's all part of the ride. Well, here we go. We're on the cusp. Things are happening. I think we're on the cusp. I mean, I, I feel like your retirement is sort of a magical uh, you know, soiree into this new phase. Right. And it just it coincides beautifully with the company and how we've been able to grow it. And, and since I've retired, I've been working so much. <laughs> it is weird. It's yeah, like unstructured I, productivity. But I don't have to go to work at... One thirty every day. Every day at about 1 o'clock, I'm like, oh, what is wrong? Oh, I don't have to go to work. Right. Oh, my gosh. I can get this done. Have you missed it yet? I mean, are you missing that, that type of structure? That's, are you missing being on television? That's I mean, what's for the... our next podcast. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but to answer it, um, no. Not, not uh, yet, huh? I'm, I'm not missing it. So... I'm, I get to do, you know, we're involved with the Grand Prix now and Formula right. One, Formula E racing. I have other ways with Substack to do the weather long range and help help people. So uh, I'm filling my... filling my. We've been um, able to extract yeah. the best parts, yeah. I think, of what your passion is. And, I think so. And be able to so, but yeah, I did still make use of it. We'll talk about that. It'll be a whole other subject. There's oh, more man. to it than just that. Bob Lyons, we didn't even get to know. I was going to oh, go into so, who you are and everything. Who uh, are you? I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I'm a guy who still has sawdust up his nose from having to sand he floors just last night. built a home in Kansas City, Kansas. It's oh, amazing. Boy, it's been an experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good job. It's beautiful. It's got a great view. It's not done. It'll never be done. All right. Bob Lyons, weather2020.com, results, personal fitness. Thank you, David Sloshman. I had a good back trap and shoulders workout today, and I'll keep that up. And remember, you want to be a sponsor, right? Come on. Get on in here. Sponsor Stephen St. John, you say, throw some coin our way. There we go, yeah. It's Sandy at 810WHB.com. The Forecast with Gary Lezak.